Ready. Hello and welcome everyone to Not So Silent Reading. Hi Katie. Hi Shar, how's it going? Good. Um, I'm so excited on this kind of last minute episode we put together, but everyone's coming out with like the top books of 2020. Um, Especially like I love NPR's book concierge, which they always do. Um, But I feel like every publication is doing top books. And so we figured why not talk about our books that we loved? Because we both read a shit ton in 2020, I think. It was definitely a, one of the only things that got me through this year. So that's where this kind of spur of the moment pod came up from. Um, from my own procrastination at work, uh, reading other people's 2020 lists, we thought, hey, let's, let's add to it. <laughs> yeah, let's put another list out there. <laughs> Listen, we are content creators, if nothing else. <laughs> um, Yeah, I mean, I guess, do you want to kick it off, Katie? We could either do this by book or by genre or where it takes us. Love that. So in preparation for this, I kind of reviewed my books and I have three kind of front runners. And so do you want to just like think through maybe like our top three books and like I say a book and then you say a book and then I say a book and and on and on we go? Let's let's do it. I do have a question though for you first. How many books, if you could estimate, do you think you read in 2020? Uh, Up till now, obviously there's like three more weeks to go. Right. Yeah, I could really have a a banner December. Um, So this has been a thing I've been doing on Goodreads and tracking my books on Goodreads. Um, And I only track books that I'm reading for the first time. And I'm a big rereader. So historically, I aim for 50 books a year. And that just feels like it's a, a cute amount and like... It also finds me my balance when I reread Harry Potter annually, which I do. (laughs) Um, And so it's kind of nice to like look at it. But I was looking at my 2020 list this year and I have read 32 books this year, which is way below for me. And I think it's because I reread so many books this year because it's like a comfort thing. I'm like, ah, yes, I know how this story ends. (laughs) Take me back. (laughs) So not not a big new material year for me. but still, they were mostly great books, not any real duds in the mix. So I've got that. How about that, you? Yeah, that's good. I did about, um, looking at the list of the ones that I read that I remembered, um, which I don't, you know, I, I looked back yeah. through my library kind of backlogs, um, which I think is probably the best way to kind of guesstimate how many I read. So I want to say... 25-ish, plus I read the, reread the seven Harry Potters, so I am going to count that, because that's, that's a lot of books, so that's about a lot of pages. something, and then I probably would add another, like, 10 combination, like, bodice rippers slash chiclet that are, like, so quick to read, slash I re- I reread some that, like, yeah, there are probably 10 or so of those that I read throughout the year, but I don't know that I would really count them so I would say about the we same we do as- count them those are books and we read them and they count and they're not a separate count that we are secretly a little bit ashamed of they are part of our red I, books for 2020 you are you were right I should okay so <laughs> I would say close to I would guesstimate 40 just under 50 maybe so far um, love that where I would well, yeah where I would be um yeah cool uh, well, why don't, here, why don't you go first if you have one ready to, to talk about? I sure do. Um, this is, I actually was thinking if I should start with this one or end with this one, but I'm excited, so I'm going to start with it. 
Um, I read Burnout by our uh, my favorite author, uh, Emily Nagoski, and her twin sister, uh, Amelia, I believe, Nagoski. Yeah. And if that name sounds familiar to you, it's because she wrote the best titled book that has ever been published, Come As You Are, a book on the female orgasm. Um, and I think that that's just the best title. And so when I saw that she had another book out called Burnout, I said, ah, this seems like something that I can relate to. Um, and it was actually a really fascinating book that talked about the physical effects of burnout and the psychological effects and kind of like how to manage it um, in her book, Come As You Are, where she's talking about all of the ways like uh, female sexuality is not the opposite side of men's sexuality, which is kind of what we are taught. She had a chapter on stress and how um, to complete the stress cycle, you have to like, you have to close the loop. And so when there's a stressor involved, you think that by running away and getting away from the stressor, that's what causes you to calm down. But she explains it's actually the act of running. That's what closes the loop in our brain. I did the thing I had to do to get away from the stressor. And so when she toured for Come As You Are, everyone was like, yeah, yeah, the sex stuff was fine, but let's talk about closing the stress cycle. And she's like, oh, maybe this is a whole other book I should write. And so basically it's all about tools and how to think about how we as women in particularly are dealing with stress um, from a physical standpoint, like it's a real physical problem. And then here's all of the kind of like other ways that we can like manage it. But it's fascinating because uh, it's December of 2020. And what we found out in September was that 1.1 million people left the job market in America and 860,000 of them were women. And all of the ways that the pandemic is disproportionately affecting women is like part of like what this book talks about, even though it's pre-pandemic. And so I felt like I was reading it and being like, oh my God, I didn't know. <laughs> There's so many things I didn't know. Um, and so it's been really helpful for me as just like a person living through this, but also as someone who's trying to like give guidance to my employer about how to do some of these things differently. And so it was like a roadmap for me and I really loved it. And I have gone back to it a couple of times and referred to it. And there's just a couple moments in that book that really like kind of captured so much of why this year was so hard. Um, and then I felt like I was not uh, being a baby about it. Like, oh no, it's biology. <laughs> I am not just dramatic. <laughs> Uh, so five out of five stars would recommend if you are a person in the world, but mostly if you are a woman or female identifying, it was wonderful. I would like to second that you texted me when you started reading it and I immediately purchased it. I have since gotten the book. I've started it. I've not finished yet. I'm about a third of the way through. I also really love it. Um, I actually gave it to another friend who, um, was also kind of going through some stressors. And I think I'm going to gift it to more people. Like, I think I also read Come As You Are, her other book, which is fantastic. Like, I cannot emphasize if you are a woman, you have to buy that book and like it, it should be required reading. Um, similarly, Burnout, I think basically takes the parts of Come As You Are that are really interesting around stress and how stress affects sexuality, you know, sexual desire, et cetera. But then it kind of like just focuses on this, on the stress and burnout part and how it affects your emotions, how you deal with it, um, kind of how our brain is wired. And she really goes into the science of it. Um, and I just totally cannot recommend that enough. Um, and it's like well-written, it's easy to read. It is not 
she writes in a way that doesn't feel too um, like burdensome or like homework homeworky. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah. I like hardly. It's not so sciencey that it's inaccessible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Quick tangent. We should definitely do a pod about it once you're oh, done. Oh yeah. After we do cast, we should do burnout. I, now, that I agree. now that I know that you are so like halfway through it now too. <laughs> I totally agree. And I just like wish more people knew about this book and um, also her other book, Come As You Are. I think she's a fantastic writer. Um, Awesome. Well, I'm going to, for my next or for my first book, I mean, there's really so many that I love, but I've mentioned a few on this pod. And I think some of the ones I did love, we already covered. So I'm not going to focus on those so much. Like The Vanishing Half was probably one of my favorite books of the year, but we already kind of talked a lot about that. So I want to talk about one that um, is a little different. And this is called, uh, it was, it's called Angela's Ashes. It's by Frank McCourt. Um, It came out like way back in the day, I think. I was going to say a throwback. Not way back in the day, but I think early 90s, I want to say it was published. I think he won the Pulitzer Prize for this book, but if not for this book, for a different book. Um, he, Anyways, it is a memoir of his childhood growing up in both, um, at the start, he was born in Brooklyn, but then they moved, his family moved back to Ireland and his family was very, very, very poor. He had a lot of brothers and sisters and his parents really struggled um, with, you know, kind of keeping the family together and, and providing for the family. And it is so unbelievably beautifully written and powerful, but also like very easy to read and entertaining, entertaining in a way that it keeps you super engaged. Um, I picked it up during pandemic times. I was staying with my family during the pandemic and it was on the shelf. And so I just was like, oh yeah, that's a book I feel like I should read at one point. I'll try it out. But I was really Honestly, I had super low expectations because I was like, I'm sure this is a great book, but I've, I thought it would be like really boring or like kind of hard to read. And I was totally gripped. Um, so if you have not read it yet, I just cannot recommend it enough. It is super moving, just really beautifully written. And um, I think a great, great read. Um, yeah, could not recommend it. Five out of five stars also. <laughs> Love that. Um, okay, my next one is Queenie, which uh, I had been seen on shelves for a while, but finally got my copy from the library. Uh, Queenie by Candace Carvey Williams. And it's about um, a young girl who lives in London and is in her early, maybe mid-20s, going through a breakup and kind of having a spiral. Um, she is a young black woman in London of Jamaican descent, um, has a little bit of a complicated family, but it was one of the most moving portrayals of someone who was experiencing like a mental health crisis without it being, um, you know, it it, it was, uh, I don't want to phrase this, like she was obviously like going through a lot of upheaval in her personal life and was acting out in accordance, like in response to that. And obviously what this breakup had triggered was like kind of like throwing her back into like her past and she was repeating these bad patterns. And it was just kind of like an example of someone who was really like outside of their own control. Like you could tell that she knew the right things to do and the wrong things to do, but you also got the sense that she couldn't really help herself. Um, and she kind of gets to a point where her job is in jeopardy and her 
you know, uh, apartment. She has to figure out like where she's living and like all of these things have kind of like culminated in a pretty bad and bleak situation for her. And she moves in with her grandmother and gets help, professional help. And it was so moving and relatable about how it shouldn't have to get to be as bad as it was for someone to seek help, but the power of like a good therapist um, in response to like trauma and the ways that trauma can manifest. And, you know, I, I, I really struggle a lot of times with female protagonists who have a tragedy thrust upon them as their character development. That's a trope that we see often in pop culture. Um, but this felt so much more like authentic, like there was such a genuine humanity in this character. She was really three-dimensional. Um, you, you rooted for her and you it, you could see the potential in her and you could see other people seeing it in her and you wanted her to see it in herself. And there was just something really lovely about it. And part of it maybe also was that she was like a plus size woman, like she was a size 14. Um, and I don't know that that really played that much into it, but it made her feel relatable because I too am a size 14. Um, so we have much in common, although we have very few other things in common. Um, and I just loved every moment reading that book because it felt like it was both relatable and a friend and well done. And really it's about like the artistry of writers who can make their characters feel so real to readers that you're like, yes, you're my friend. I'm rooting for you. We're in this together. I can't wait to see how your story goes. Um, and it was just joyful and moving. And I cried a lot and I laughed a lot. And it's just so nice when books can do that when you sit at home by yourself in an apartment during a pandemic. So <laughs> wonderful. Just wonderful book. Um, that sounds great. I, did, I have not read it, so I will need to add that one to my list. Um, yeah. My next book that I'm going to talk about is called, I think I've told Katie about this before, but sharing with the wider group here, um, it's called I'll Be Gone in the Dark, and it's written by Michelle McNamara, who um, she was uh, Patton Oswalt's uh, wife, um, who has since passed away. Um, Patton Oswalt's the um, actor, he voiced Ratatouille, which, side note, is a great movie. If you've not seen Ratatouille by the by Pixar, like please go watch that immediately I and then come back really to this podcast. Love that you know Pat Oswalt from Ratatouille first. <laughs> it's a fantastic movie. It's like the best Pixar. Um, I mean, it's really. I mean, also it's like highlighting one of my favorite foods. Like Ratatouille is like so good. I eat it all the time. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> My my mom makes the best kind. Shout out to mom. But um, shout out to Isabel for sure. Uh, so her, his wife was really into true crime. She um, researched the Golden State Killer, who was a killer through this. Or he started out um, kind of ransacking homes, then like raping and ab abusing women, and then ultimately uh, um, started killing people through the seventies and eighties. He was in like Sacramento and then he hit up like different parts of Northern California and then Southern California, but no one knew who, who this person was, um, who did it. They didn't even know that all these cr crimes were connected at the time. Um, but she really dug into the story and as part of that had written a piece, I believe it was the LA times, um, a full length article about her working on piecing together who might've done this, these crimes and who the golden state killer might be. 
Um, and then she made it into a book or started writing a book. Um, she sadly passed away during the writing of the book, um, which is very, um, just very sad. And like, um, you know, I, I just think it's really kind of a sad story. And, but she's a fantastic writer, like a fabulous writer. And the way she crafts, like how she pieces together who, um, who this person might've been, how she talks to the victims or understands what the victims went through. It's just a fantastic book. Um, I will say I read it while I was staying by myself during the pandemic and it was slightly creepy. So I would, uh, recommend perhaps reading it when you're like, it's daylight and you're around other people because it really does get under your skin. She's that good of a writer. Um, they did also make a documentary out of it on HBO, which was also really good that I read um, or that I watched after it. I think I would recommend reading the book first and then watching the documentary because the documentary also goes into her life um, and does a lot of interviews with the victim. So it's a little bit different in scope than the book itself, but um, could not recommend the book more. It's so gripping. Like I could not put it down and just kind of burned through it. So that's uh, yeah. I'll Be Gone in the Dark by Michelle McNamara. Ooh. Um, okay. For my last book, I am going to choose uh, Stony the Road, which is, uh, let me make sure I know the author, by Henry Louis Gates Jr. Um, and it's about the Reconstruction era in American history. And so in light of the protests and the civil unrest and like the response to the murder of George Floyd and uh, all of this kind of reckoning that we've had this year as a nation. Um, in one of the book clubs I'm in, uh, someone suggested we read Stony the Road about the Reconstruction era. And I said, hmm, well, this sounds terrific. Uh, turns out I have no idea what the Reconstruction era is. Um, I went to a California public school and we basically went from the Civil War to World War I with nothing in between. We just skipped 50 years, which is ridiculous in hindsight, but I didn't ever question it before. Um, and so that's the reconstruction area. And that is, uh, it, this book kind of talks about like the rise of um, like a black political class in America and then the swift uh, pendulum swing and the response and white supremacy and the beginning of the Jim Crow era and kind of like how all of these like white nationalist tendencies or all these white nationalist history popped up and like the violence of that era. And um, I had, you know, I've read The Warmth of Other Suns by Isabel Wilkerson about the Great Migration. And like, I knew that there was obviously like a Great Migration. I understood that part, but this book really highlighted that there w was a, a violent reaction um, to a post-Civil War era. And that was part of what like really spurred the Great Migration along. And so, in, in this kind of context of America having a reckoning with its own past, uh, I'm 33 years old and realized that there was 50 years of American history that I didn't know. And that's, you know, a fifth of American history. We're only 250 years old. We're a little tiny baby country. <laughs> and we just skipped a bunch of it because it was unsavory. Um, so I really enjoyed that. And that book is a lot about the uh, images of the era. And that was really fascinating. And uh, the history behind it. And he was just like a wonderful historian um, a little tedious to read. I will be honest with you. I'm not going to pretend like this is a light read. Um, I probably would have skimmed it much more if I was not attending a book club, um, but I was. And so I gave it my 
the good old college try. Um, but if you're trying to piece together more context for how we got where we are, um, especially as I'm, you know, into cast right now and kind of like thinking through that part of it, like there've just been some really great books uh, I read this year that kind of address this systemic inequality in America and the roots of it and the historical context behind it and the oversimplification that we see in headlines or in pop culture or out of politicians' mouths is not really the whole picture. And so I really enjoyed the additional background information, um, especially from such like a talented historian. So highly recommend um, of, of all the lists, the books that I read on my list, which there was <laughs> reviewing, I was like, ah, yes, I forgot. <laughs> we did we did have a lot of, of political unrest this year. And I read a lot in accordance with it. Um, and that one really was like the highlight that really got to new information. And I think that was what was shocking to me is I studied political science. Um, I would consider myself pretty well informed about American politics and government and history. And I did not really know much about this. So um, that's why it kind of takes that top three spot for me in 2020. Awesome. Um, another book, well, the, the next book I'm going to talk about um, I really was neck and neck with another one, but I think this one is less well known. Um, the other one I was gonna talk about is called The Two Lives of Lydia Bird, which is a beautiful, really awesome book, but it's kind of gotten some traction. So I'm gonna focus on a book I think that has not gotten as much notice. Um, and it's called Beneath a Scarlet's Sky by Mark Sullivan. Um, it's written as a novel, although it is based on a true story and the author talks about at the beginning of the book, how he did a lot of interviews and interviewed the subject um, or maybe not the subject directly, but the maybe people who are part of the story. Um, basically it's a story about this guy named Pino who uh, is Italian and was born, um, I guess kind of in the early part of the 20th 20th century. And it uh, talks about how P Pino was about, I think, 16 or 17 when the war started, World War II. And it basically go follows his life through World War II. Um, and it talks about how he fell in love with this woman during World War II and um, kind of their relationship and how um, they... Uh, yeah, how their relationship evolved. Um, it also talks about different phases of his um, uh, life during World War II, going from the the mountains of the Alps, and then um, he eventually uh, has to go into the army. Um, but it's based on a true story, or, or as true as as the author says. You know, there's only so much I I can verify as truth. So that's why it's more of a novel than an actual biography or historical record. But it is so amazing. If you're into like World War II or historical fiction, I cannot recommend it enough. Um, it kind of reminded me of um, that book Unbroken by Laura, Lauren Hildebrand, which was a few years back about um, an, an American guy's journey in, in World War II. But this book is just so like, you cannot put it down. This, the guy's story is just absolutely incredible. Like, I don't understand how this person got through World War II or like the things that happened to him are just crazy. And you see, um, you know, it, it really helps tell the story of uh, Italy and um, Germany in, in World War II. So as a uh, historical nerd myself, I just like loved it and 
cannot recommend it enough. Also five out of five stars. <laughs> and it was also a book that I found while I was in pandemic at my parents, like I found randomly on the shelf and just kind of picked up and couldn't put it down. Um, so yeah. Um, oh, what, a, what a good year of reading. I know. Um, looking at my list though, it was like really nice to kind of revisit and like, oh my gosh, that was a great book. And oh my gosh, I remember that. Like there was a couple of them that I could remember like what I was doing when I was reading them. Um, and it was like, you know, nothing else was going on and how much like comfort books brought me this year. It was just like a really lovely little trip down memory lane. Do you want to do like a quick lightning? Like, are there three more like lightning round, like just quickly three titles that you really like would be your next? Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. So one of them for sure was um, Stories of Your Life and Others, which is a book of short stories um, by Ted Chang. Um, and he, uh, it's the short story that the movie Arrival was based off of was in this oh, cool. Movie books and then that was um, a series of short stories where I like half like they're all very math and science based like uh, it was literally it was literature but it was a lot of roots in math and science I was like I'm not smart enough to read this but I was smart enough to read it um <laughs> and it felt like really nice to kind of like oh this is like a area that I wouldn't have found on my own and I really enjoyed it so those were great um I read Untamed by Glennon Doyle which was also a pleasant surprise um, and I read uh, House of Spirits this year um, oh, for the first that time. That's one of my favorites. Right. And like, I felt so late to the game. Um, but House of Spirits by Isabella Allende was a wonderful addition um, to my year as well. So uh, just like, a, it was just nice to kind of see all, see all my old friends in there again. <laughs> How about you? Any other? Um, ba- like, yeah, my runner's up, I guess. So as I mentioned, The Two Lives of Lydia Bird is just a fantastic read. Um, the next one is Where the Crawdads Sing, which I literally read in one morning in one sitting while my boyfriend was slept in one morning. I like <laughs> got up early, made coffee, and just like read through the whole thing. It's so good. Um, it's about a woman in, in I want to say North Carolina. I'm not really sure where it takes place, which is embarrassing or I forget, but it's just like a great read um, and really, really great for like if you just need something that's fast paced and interesting. Um, I really liked that one. And then the last one I'll talk about is um, this book called Can't Hurt Me by a guy by the name of Dave Goggins. I'm hoping I'm getting his name right. Um, He was in, he was a SEAL, a Navy SEAL and has a pretty incredible life story from where he came from to going into the military. And since getting out of being in the military, he's like um, really advocated for exercise and like the importance of exercise. And he he also does like crazy intense like hundred mile marathon like mar- ultra marathons. Like, I think was named by like Men's Health as the fittest man in the world. Um, <laughs> so, um, but his biography. So this is like a, a his biography is just like great. It's just a fascinating story about the sheer like what people can overcome if you have willpower and tenacity and persistence. And just, um, so it, that's also a really fantastic read that I loved. Um, yeah. Uh, there were definitely a few books though that I like tried to read this year and just like didn't get into it. <laughs> so I'll maybe try those again. Um, 
I have a friend who does like a, I don't know if she does it at the end of December or like early in January, but she does kind of like a big list for the year and she'll start to pre-order books that she knows are coming out. And so um, I think I'm going to start to kind of follow in her, follow her lead on this and do a little bit of research about what books are coming out. I know that there's books in series, like some of the YA series that I love have new editions coming out next year. And so I'm excited for those. Um, but I, I think I'd like to figure out how to support authors um, a little bit more proactively and like who who can I pre-order from versus like I do also I, I am a woman of limited means and I do love the library so <laughs> making those plans getting my act together <laughs> but I also am someone who has emailed the library and said uh, a book is coming out are you guys going to carry it and can I put it on hold <laughs> so that's great you know, I've all never the done way. that I should do yeah. that and usually they're like, yeah, it's coming. It's just not in the system yet. Um, like, you know, give us a couple days after the publication date for it to show up, um, which is fine. I, it's worth the wait, I guess. Um, but I really love the idea of kind of like taking a more active role in my reading life in 2021. You're such a good person. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, I really am taking the moral high ground in my consumption of art that brings me joy. <laughs> no, it's it's like a cool thing. I've um, I've definitely tried to like support more um, some of the local bookstores that I really love. Um, just because like Shout out to Kramer's. Yeah, your politics and prose yeah. loyalist though too. Yeah, I'm a sh- politics and prose loyalist. It's a little closer geographically, yeah. so I just I also love it. Also, Romans like back in Pasadena. Um, is great and the strand in new york is probably like so wonderful so i just i don't know i've spent so many times in those bookstores yeah it feels wrong not to try to give back a little bit but yeah uh i was at a friend's house um in october and she had maybe 20 books all stacked up like three different books in varying sizes of stacks and she said, oh, obviously I'm getting ready to like give out gifts over the holidays. And like, these are the books I'm giving. And I was like, I never even thought about that. Just like buying a dozen of a book and be like, yes, this is my quick gift if I need to hand something off. So sorry, Steve's Candy. There's a new idea in town. <laughs> what would be the book that you would gift this year? Um, she had cast, which I loved oh, that as a move, um, as the handoff. So that's a good one. Um, I would probably do burnout to be honest. Um, I think burnout would be a good one. And I think the art of gathering would be my other option. Those are good. How about you? What would you do? Well, I would say burnout, but I'll, to be different, I'll choose someone, something else, which, um, another book I read this year that I loved is called brain rules. Um, and it's written by a biologist. Um, but it's about like what helps your brain and like all the things that affect your brain. Um, and they're like just simple rules that he kind of lays out. Um, and that was a a really good one. So again, like exercise, I feel like every book I read that's like kind of around that is like exercise is great. Sleep is great. Like eat healthy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Oh, so, okay. That there's a reason why people say to do all those things. Yeah. (laughs) It actually like, it checks out scientifically like actually affects your body in in certain ways yeah um yeah um, I I love it well um I'm really glad that we did this this that this podcast was an outcome of 2020 
Um, and I'm glad that we really made a way for our reading to bring us together, even just in this and how we like agree on certain books. Like, oh yes, I've read that too. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me happy. So uh, what a wonderful year we've had so far and I'm excited for 2021. So many yeah. new and exciting things coming down. I know, I'm excited. Well, yeah. have a great rest of the weekend and we'll talk again soon yeah. when we talk about cast. Yes, can't wait. Um, wherever we post this, let's see if our listeners want to chime in with some of their highlights from 2020. Oh yeah. Um, I love that's that. one of the things I've really enjoyed is like seeing how people are like what they're reading, what they're responding to, like just nice. I feel like we've created like a little community, um, of like people we mostly both know, which is lovely. Um, just who's reading what, what are we up to? <laughs> yeah. I would love to hear more. Um, I think some people chatted in about their books they liked this year, but would love to hear from more people about what they liked. Um, yeah, post a comment or send us a message. And then also if you have like questions or comments about cast, I know a lot of you out there have read it already. So would love to like get, you know, some thoughts that we should talk about um, for that. Open up our inbox to questions, suggestions. Yeah, Com- yeah <laughs> questions, comments. Please be nice and friendly. Like, please, please don't troll us. <laughs> <laughs> handle that in 2020. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Bandwidth is limited. There's not enough exercise in the world to handle trolls. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Um, and on that oh. note, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll uh, I guess, sign off. Perfect. Bye. Yay. Bye. Have a good one.